Welcome to the new ABCs, your guide to the 2020s, the weirdest decade in human history. I'm your host, Jack Freeman. It's great to be back for our second season of the podcast. A lot's happened since our last episode, including me moving to a really busy and loud neighborhood in Brooklyn. So I'm sorry in advance if you hear classic New York sounds like sirens or car horns or pigeons beatboxing on my fire escape. This is the premiere of the second season of the show, and we can't kick it off with any other subject. So let's do it. On this week's episode, the letter M. M is for monarchy. Okay, so Queen Elizabeth II is dead. She was 96 years old, and she ruled the British Commonwealth realms from 1952 to 2022. That means for 70 years, she was technically the owner of dozens of countries and the queen of 150 million people. In the age of the internet, she lived in legit castles, and she made people with smartphones into knights and dames and lords and ladies, and people called her majesty despite her being an unmajestic tiny old person. Her family holds billions of dollars in property, having personally created no value other than their own existence. Folks, the idea that there are still monarchies in the 2020s is batshit insanity. That would be the end of the episode, except I have a few minutes to kill. So let's make up some nuance. Monarchy and democracy used to be opposites. If you think about it, they really are opposites. Monarchy is one person or family's rule over a nation, usually ordained by God or pulling something out of a rock. Democracy is people's rule over themselves, which is sometimes ordained by God and almost never due to pulling something out of a rock. Monarchy used to be almost universal with communities and nations around the world naturally arriving at that system of government after they all have their seasons of Game of Thrones. Just like Game of Thrones, the longer that monarchies go on, the worse they get, and people get more and more annoyed with the writing. But unlike Game of Thrones, real-world monarchies don't have dragons to keep them alive. Just lots and lots of money. And cousin fucking. Historical monarchs often had unchecked power in their countries, so in the 1500s, the biggest threat to a monarchy wasn't their people, the biggest threat to a monarchy was other monarchies. Also diarrhea, also broken bones, and childbirth, and really just small cuts, and travel on any road, and definitely large bodies of water, and small bodies of water, and puddles and nighttime. I think we should take a moment to acknowledge that just a few hundred years ago, people died all the time for basically any reason. It's like, yeah, life sucks now, but at least nowadays, it's much more likely that I'll die from cancer than my cousin giving me chlamydia, the ultimate betrayal. Now in the 2020s, most monarchs aren't considered authoritarian, in part because there are so many more interesting forms of authoritarianism around the world. Oligarchy is one form of authoritarian government, being a country controlled by a small group of extremely unattractive rich people. The best contemporary examples of oligarchy are Russia, 
and the United States. And yeah, the United States is an oligarchy. Any country where you can legally use money to buy political influence means that the government is controlled by a small group of Scrooge McDucks. Don't believe me? If you want to see an American politician's voting record, you just gotta look at their list of donors. It's usually a directory of the most unlikable rich people in their districts, plus the NRA. American politicians on both sides of the aisle accept millions of dollars every year from the extreme rich in exchange for preferential laws, taxes, and government contracts. There are no effective restrictions on how billionaires use their money to influence politics, and their policies increase their wealth and influence while screwing us, but not in the fun way. That's the definition of oligarchy. This is one of the few things that current me and high school me would agree on. Also, that Coldplay and Dr. Pepper are extremely underrated. Also, stop being mean to me. The point is that we often think about monarchies as distant countries ruled by untouchable rich people. But we also have that here in the United States. The difference is that our rich people are untouchable because no one wants to touch Elon Musk. Aside from oligarchy, other common forms of government include lots of good old-fashioned military dictatorships in Central America, Africa, and Southeast Asia. There are also religious dictatorships, like in Iran and Afghanistan, as well as one-party dictatorships like in China, Cuba, Venezuela, and North Korea. And then there are these random situations like in the Philippines or Brazil where they just have a dude who acts like a dictator while everyone around them is like, yeah, dude, just do whatever. You know, life kind of sucks anyway. I call these countries diet dictatorship. No added sugar, but you still get that classic taste of extrajudicial murder. Something that all of these oligarchies and dictatorships and low-calorie dictatorships have in common is that they're all officially democracy. All of these countries regularly have national elections. It's just that their elections are terrible. It's hard to vote against a dictator when the dictator's soldier is watching you vote while cleaning his wood chipper. Ironically enough, the most quote-unquote democratic countries around the world are often technically monarchies, just constitutional monarchies, where all of the power is in the democracy, and the monarchy is just kind of hanging around, waving at people from balconies. These are countries like the UK, Spain, the Netherlands, Norway, and Japan, which all have strong functioning democracies. Of course, words like strong functioning democracies, they're subjective, and they're rooted in specific cultural lenses. Like, democracy means something different to someone from the United States than it does to the Chinese, or the Czechs, or the Chad, Chads, the Chads, Chaddies, Chaddy Chads, the people from the African country of Chad. What do you call them? The Chadalites? The Chad, Ch Ch Chaddies? What do you call someone from Chad? Do you just call them Chad? Wait, is Chad Michael Murray from Chad? No, he's from Buffalo. What do you call people from Chad? Chadian. Chadian. Are there any Chadian Chads? 
No, but there was a Chad of Mercia who lived in Britain. He became Saint Chad. There is a Saint Chad. What is he? The patron saint of hair gel? Whatever. The point is, people around the world have different ideas about freedom and democracy. But I think the majority of people value democracy and dislike corruption. And on average, constitutional monarchies have more democracy and less corruption than most forms of government. Don't get me wrong, not all contemporary monarchies are great. Somehow, there are still authoritarian monarchs hanging around. Just ask Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Oman, and the Emirates. Actually, don't ask if you live in those places, especially if you're a migrant worker, or a journalist, or a woman, or a gay, or an atheist, or the wrong kind of Muslim, or the right kind of Muslim. These places have almost no functional democracy, and they resemble the good old-fashioned monarchies of the 1500s. Lots of dungeons. Fun fact, technically the Vatican is also an absolute monarchy. Though nowadays the Pope is hardly authoritarian. He seems more pescatarian. Like, I don't know if the Pope only eats fish, but he has that vibe. Like, he seems pretty chill, but also he looks like he has a diet high in mercury. Most of today's monarchies intentionally gave up most of their power to maintain their official dominion over their countries. So monarchy by itself isn't clearly good or clearly bad. I guess the big idea is this. On the one hand, monarchies might be useful in some contexts. They can provide stability, and stability is rad. Stability is really important in politics and economics and basically everything. The average person probably cares less about the form of government and more about consistent access to employment and housing and internet that can support multiple streams of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. There are lots of bad governments out there, and monarchy probably isn't the worse. Many contemporary monarchies are symbols of stability and tradition in a world of unstable governments, military juntas, and dumb dictators who care more about gold toilets than monetary policy. On the other hand, it's insane that there are still monarchs in the 2020s who claim the right to rule over entire countries because of God or tradition or whatever. Even in the places where the monarchs aren't dictators, like the UK, the very idea of monarchy continues the harmful concept that some people have the inherent right to rule other people, which we should reject. Charles automatically became king when his mom died, not because he's better than anyone, but because for now the country wants to keep on the charade that the royal family has the right to rule, despite hundreds of hours of movies and TV dramas that show us how all of them are bejeweled pieces of shit. The problem is that the charade of monarchy is built on the wealth of a millennium of war, genocide, exploitation, and colonization. The jewels that monarchs wear on their weird misshapen heads were stolen from subjected people on the other side of the planet. The sparkly castles they live in are furnished with the resources stolen from colonized and brutalized nations. 
Every monarch in the world only has wealth and power because their families murdered and subjugated other families. And when we continue to celebrate monarchs, it's a reminder of how we forget the crimes of the past when we're distracted by shiny rocks. But damn it. When it comes to royal families, we just can't help ourselves. We just want to watch those bejeweled pieces of shit as they cousin fuck. This has been the new ABCs. New episodes come out whenever I feel like it. If you want to keep in touch, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the new ABCs podcast or reach out at the new ABCs podcast at gmail.com. If you have a moment, a rating or review on your podcast app would make me feel like my cousin did not give me chlamydia. Until next time, stay goofy. Stay goofy.